Good morning to you. It is uh, Saturday, November 26th at 1.48 a.m. I'm doing a lot better than I was uh, about 24 hours ago where for some reason my brain was completely scrambled. It's probably because, honestly, I took a little nap around 9.45 because I was fading, dug deep, found the, found the stuff to, to keep going. And I got to watch Purdue easily handle Gonzaga. Um, and improve to 5-0 and on the season. I'm going to talk about that in this dream weekend that might be unfolding in front of us here in a moment. But first, before I do it, let me thank uh, Martin Vintage. Head over to martinvintage.com right now. Get a soft t-shirt. Get a sweatshirt. Right now, they have a special deal. I believe it's a Black Friday deal. Sweatshirts are marked down, I think, 10 or 15 bucks. I'm not positive. But, but head over. If you don't, go to their Twitter feed first. Check that out. Also, enter Boiled at checkout. And uh, you'll get 15% off. That's martinvintage.com. If you get some Christmas shopping done for the person you care about most, uh, they can look like a niche in a beautiful, cozy um, uh, Martin Vintage sweatshirt. And uh, when you're on campus, go over to AJ's on Vine. Grab a pint. Grab some funnel cake fries. Grab, grab the, the uh, macaroni and cheese bites that I love so much. Watch a game. Have some beer. Enjoy your time there. Take it easy. Adam and company will treat you right. Before you go there, go to eatajs.com. Order ahead. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. And um, you're going to have yourself an afternoon or an evening, however, whatever it is. Eatajs.com. They're our pals. So um, here's the dream scenario. The dream scenario is Purdue goes 3-0 and in one long weekend in basketball. Goes 1-0 and in football. And then earns a share, an improbable, actually, they'll earn a a chance to play in Indianapolis as a representative of the West Division of Big Ten Football Conference. That's a weekend, my friends. That is, that's magic stuff. That's golden stuff. And it's kind of unfolding in front of us. And the sweeter part, when I look at, when I make up my dream scenario, this delicious dish that seems to be forming. I talked about this on the Handsome Hour, the possibility of this, two weeks ago. Purdue beating Gonzaga and Duke. The two biggest media darlings for ESPN in basketball. I, I think you will struggle to find two teams that ESPN loves more. And you'll really struggle hard to find a team that unrightfully receives praise as much as Gonzaga. I have disdained Gonzaga for a long time. So every time Purdue beats them, which has happened quite a few times, it's like Christmas morning to me. There are very few things I enjoyed this much. But the way they beat Gonzaga today and the situation around it, let's look at this, shall we? Let me remind you, if you don't tune into our lovely QuickCast, if you don't come to Boiled Sports very often if you're not a Purdue fan. You're just a casual college basketball fan. You probably believe the bullcrap that ESPN tells you that Gonzaga is something extremely special. My joke was that Gonzaga, the inventor of college basketball, and Mark Few, the god of college basketball, ESPN couldn't get their heads around that Purdue was even competing with them. Purdue pretty much spotted them about a 10-minute run where Purdue's offense did nothing. Let's keep that in mind. Did nothing. Purdue couldn't do anything right in the beginning. They looked nervous. They looked wound up. They were not playing the game that they we all knew they were capable of playing. But then all of a sudden, the game started coming to them. Zach Eady started really battling. And Mason Gillis started getting in the right place. And Trevor Lawyer, pardon me, Fletcher Lawyer starts, starts hitting threes. And Braden Smith starts driving by 
the Gonzaga superstars with ease. And all of a sudden, Purdue's up eight points, and then they're up 12 points, and then they're up 20 points toward the end of the game. Sadly, they couldn't hold on to the 20-point victory because they earned it. They earned the shellacking that they gave out for Gonzaga. That's a heck of a performance by Purdue. And this is a Purdue team, let's keep in mind, this is a Purdue team that lost four starters. Four starters last year. This is a rebuild year, according to many people. This is a hell of a rebuild year. This team is fun to watch. This team is fun to get behind. They work harder than about anybody I've ever seen. They go, floor, uh, floor burns are not a thing that they're, they shy away from. They crash the glass incredibly hard. Their effort is unbelievable and relentless. And like they did versus West Virginia, who is a high-effort team, a high-energy team, a, a, a tough team, but like they did versus them, as Gonzaga started to flex at them and, sh and tried to shorten the game and tried to throw different looks at them and tried to stop the things that were working, Purdue calmly handled it. They handled the rush. They pushed it away. They hit a couple free throws, and then another role player stepped up. Tonight, we saw him uh, perform big last night with his nine assists or six assists, whatever Morton had. Tonight, Ethan Morton just starts stealing the ball. Every time Gonzaga tried to come up the court for about two, three possessions, Morton would just step in the passing lane, stop their possession early in it, and then Purdue would go up and take their time, calmly wait for the double or triple team. And by the way, Matt Painter had figured something out with Gonzaga. He knew that not only would a double and a triple team come if Zach Eady waited long enough. He intentionally had Zach wait in the post, pump fake, one, two, three times. That third time, there was a guy open in the corner, and Edie found him almost every time, and then Purdue hit those threes, almost like you drew it up. Purdue started off very cold, but as the game went on, they got better and better, and this Purdue team looks pretty special right now. Oh, boy. It's tough to um, to say things like Jay has before and say, yeah, I, I, you know, emotionally, I'm kind of spent after watching Purdue, you know, get their hearts ripped out by Virginia and say, I don't, this is, I'm a changed man. I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then year after year, they keep pulling me back in. Well, this one will pull you back in, Boilerface Faithful. And I can tell you, if they do what I think they're going to do tomorrow, if they handle Duke, they're going to skyrocket up the polls and they're going to be, they should be, especially if you look at the consistency of what Michigan State did by just winning one game a week ago, two weeks ago. Purdue should be any place between 13 and 9 after this weekend, if they go 3-0. The, the work's not over. They're going to have still some, some things cut out for them, but the rest of the nation will have noticed Purdue's pretty damn good. Um, the bad thing about this is that the thing that's been so great about this team is the chip on their shoulder and the fact that they are playing super hungry. I don't want to mess that up. And I sure as hell don't want to see Purdue have their peak in November, which is, if you... Remember it all, last year, completely different team. Purdue peaked in November last year. We didn't know it at the time, right? They, they, they got into the, the top ranking in the, in the nation in December, but they peaked in November. That's not a good thing. If this team can do what Matt Painter's young teams do and just get better and better and methodically improve by January, that's always the goal for me for a Painter team that's kind of in this you know, revamping mode where guys are figuring out their role. But if they can get to that by January, I don't, I've said this before. We've seen Big Ten championships. I love them. They're great. I don't care about Big Ten championships. I want the team to peak, not in March, but in April. So let's look at the stats real quick. We'll talk about that. Of course, Zach Eady uh, was the man um, in about 31 minutes. He had 23 points, three blocks, seven rebounds. Uh, Mason Gillis 
Again, right man, right time, all the time. Mason Gillis, uh, he had six points. Uh, I think he was he was two for five from three. It felt like it was a lot better than that. He had seven rebounds. His threes were timely. They were when you need them, right? Gillis was met there. Who's your man? Um, two assists as well uh, for Gillis. Braden Smith. Braden Smith. This is an okay game. I have a friend who texted me. He said, I'm not sure if I know what to think about Braden Smith. And I don't even understand. I followed up. I said, you should think a lot. You should think positively about him because Painter doesn't start freshman at point guard. It's the second one he's done this to. First one was Lewis Jackson. And he's already starting Braden Smith right out of the box. And Braden Smith, all he did versus Gonzaga, six-ranked team in America, score 14 points, seven assists, five rebounds, one turnover. That's a hell of a game. And his energy level was incredible. And it seemed like Gonzaga did not know what to do with the way he changed pace. They couldn't stay in front of him. That made a big difference. They had to draw down, collapse on him. Many times they drew down. And then Edie was wide open. Unexpectedly, it happened over and over where Edie was wide open. Fletcher Lawyer, as I talked about before, he's finding a stroke. He's starting to get comfortable. He's starting not to look much like a freshman. He did for a couple games. But he scores 14 points on three of six three-point shooting, three, um, three for four free throws. Purdue did well, again, from free throw line. Not like last night. Not an 85% from the free throw line, but 72%. I think anytime you can get above 70%, you're going to be in a pretty good position to win, especially Purdue. But one of the big things that Purdue did, and this shocked Jay Billis, just shocked him, is they were getting to the line with such regularity. Purdue shot 22 free throws. Gonzaga only shot four. I'm sure that dumbass who came on and commented in the uh, on the site, maybe he'll come by tonight and tell, tell us how Purdue has the officials in their pocket. That person doesn't know anything about Purdue basketball and the history of what Purdue has done uh, in regards to getting calls and not getting calls. It's pretty awesome, though. What's really happening is teams are just absolutely scrambling to figure out what to do to try to stop Edie. And dist- it's not just Edie, though. This is the really fun thing. Jay brought this up on a sidebar conversation. Uh, it's also first. It's also Trey Kaufman Wren. Purdue's big men look really tough. And when Edie goes out of the game and takes a deep breath, one of those guys generally picks up the slack. In fact, Purdue had that eight-point lead. It shrunk down, I think, to... Uh, actually, the eight-point lead shrunk down to about six or five really quickly. Gonzaga is very good at scoring quickly. But then right away, Purdue's other bigs, their bag up first, had, plays with another level of energy. I said to my son, I said that one thing that's really interesting about this Purdue team. So first finishes with 10 points, six rebounds, no turnovers. Another good game. Morton, eight points, two steals, four assists, no turnovers, four rebounds. The, these are really efficient games. These guys come in, they just, they're just effective. They do things really well. Brandon Newman had five points, but really noteworthy. He had six rebounds. Five of his rebounds came when Purdue was really struggling just to score. Go back if you watch the tape. You'll enjoy this one. Go back and watch it again. Watch what Brandon Newman was doing early in the game as Purdue couldn't find, uh, couldn't find the rim. Brandon Newman was attacking the glass. And you don't think of that guy as being the guy who's going to carry you on the glass. But sure enough, there was Brandon Newman, the smoothest guy on the team, scratching and clawing for boards. He also dove into the crowd for a, for a loose ball. And it's going to be a video we probably see a lot, especially if Purdue wins this, this tournament. You'll see that video of him spilling the frat boy's beer all over his, uh, his body, which was great. And Newman gets it all over him. Uh, he probably had never tasted beer before, so that's exciting. Um, but anyway, Purdue wins, like I said, 84-66. Should have won by 20. They only won by 18. Uh, they improved to 5-0. and Gonzaga falls to 4-2. and um, 
this is a lot of fun, guys and girls. This is a lot of fun. And for me, like I said, this is this is about as good as it gets um, as I know it. And I mean that because I, I love I love it when Purdue beats Gonzaga. Like I said, if they can beat Duke and Gonzaga in the same week, it'll be amazing. How about this scenario? And let's get back. We'll talk a little bit of football here a second before I talk. Thank you to everyone tuning, tuning in live. Goodness gracious. It's awesome. It's funny. Purdue wins. Even at 1.30 in the morning, even at 2 a.m. in the morning now, you guys are here. The enthusiasm is here when they win. That's a lot of fun. So um, I think this might be the most viewers we've ever had live, uh, especially at 2 a.m. That's pretty darn awesome. Hopefully, Purdue can handle their business on the football field in Bloomington. Let's talk about that real quickly. So in a very unusual twist, the Handsome Hour's favorite team, Nebraska, simply handled Iowa in Iowa City. Didn't make any sense from from the jump. Nebraska had them. They tried to give away the game at the end, but they win. That pushes Iowa out of the way and allows Purdue to control their own destiny and possibly get to Indianapolis. And I know I've said it before. I don't think going to Indianapolis is the greatest thing for this football program simply because they're going to be playing Ohio State probably. Um, I would much prefer playing Michigan, uh, and who knows what will happen if they get a shot at Michigan. Who knows? But – like I said, and like I will continue to say, getting a Western Division championship is noteworthy. It just is. It's not going to be around very long, very much longer. You're going to have one more year where there's going to be divisions in football, football, and Purdue will get a chance to get an unusual trophy. It's a bragging chip. It's something you can put on your wall. It's something you can put on billboards, and it's real. It's not fabricated. It's a real thing. Being a champion at whatever is real. And so that scenario can happen. Here's the part that IU should be concerned about. I usually should be concerned about the fact that Purdue has a couple weapons that they're going to have a hard time stopping. IU, um, from what I understand, and I haven't heard, maybe you guys can tell me in the comments here, um, uh, but I believe Maccabee is going to be there. His his dad hinted at it early in the week. I haven't heard an official thing. I haven't been tuned into the media stuff as much last few days just because it's been Thanksgiving weekend, but... Purdue has Maccabee, and they also have AOC, and they also have uh, Payne, and of course, Charlie Jones. I use defense to struggle to stop offenses once they get into rhythm, and I think Purdue has a really good chance to get into rhythm versus IU and Bloomington, simply because the weather's going to be nice, and these guys are going to be motivated to say, hey, there's something real to play for. I read also, Jeff Brom actually has a bonus he'll get if, if Purdue becomes the West Division champs, he earns an extra ninety dollars to $100,000, I believe. That's not bad. Uh, it's something. I mean, sure, to a guy who's making that much, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. But my whole point is, I think they're going to be dialed in. I just, I feel it. Now, if you can stop IU's special teams, that might be the biggest wrinkle of the whole thing. And if I would wor- if I was going to worry about this game, people are saying, worry about IU. Nope, Purdue needs to worry about Purdue. Plain and simple. Purdue has beaten itself all year when they've done it. Very few teams have just taken it to Purdue. There have been a couple. Uh, you can think of them, but they weren't built like IU. And that's the thing that's most promising to me. When Purdue loses games against teams that aren't traditional, like in the trench beast teams, they do it to themselves. So Purdue can come out focused. And even if they can't come out focused, they make a couple mistakes. If AOC can do what he's been known to do, which is play it cool, keep a cool head, wouldn't it be great to say Purdue is Big Ten West champs for 2022. That's pretty damn cool. And it'd be an amazing weekend for Purdue to go 3-0 and and do that. It'd be one of the best weekends I can remember as a Purdue sports fan because you have both 
team succeeding. I'm going to read over a few um, comments here. I'm just at 16 minutes right now. appreciate, like I said, everybody being here. But um, let me do that. Let me get this. Okay. Oh, let's go. Todd Schleister, he's here. Uh, I love this team's heart. I do too, Todd. I love the I love the heart. I love their attitude. I love the way they look. Um, Handle Jones. This is a very, very good emergency handsome hour tomorrow if the bucket stays in West, West Lafayette. Damn right it should happen, Handle. Um, I'm going to try to get to Bloomington. I'm, I'm kind of shaking things up a little bit on my own side, trying to figure out how to do that. Um, hope to see you there if I can get that. I don't know if you're going handle, but it's a little, little closer for you than it is usually, so that's good. Hope you can be there. Uh, Chris Curtis says I'm going to bed, but flip over to Twitter to catch the postgame of the locker room celebration. Yeah, I'm gonna, I look forward to doing that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I probably won't go to sleep for a while. I'm really wound up. I don't know if I sound sharper. I felt dull as a butter knife last night, and I always go back and review the show just as I'm posting it, and I sounded as bad as I thought. I had spoken, so I apologize to all you guys who, who dealt with that. Um, South Haven Boiler says, told my daughter when she was uh, growing up that nothing good happened after midnight. I stand corrected. Very good. Uh, yeah, I think everyone's mom has said that. Uh, ben Carney says, shout out to Poppins Pub. It's my favorite watering hole in central Indiana. Great place, uh, Poppins Pub. The, uh, the owner of the place is is a wonderful gentleman. Um, let's see. Brock Stepler says, this is the rebuild year, they said. LOL. Yep, right on. Um, let's see. Nathan Anderson, love these guys. This is this is all good stuff. Everybody's feeling good. Feels like we're hanging out together. Um, this is all happy stuff. I see. Anybody got any questions before I get out of here? Uh, Mr. Matt, DSM, uh, good guys beat Zaga. Number one UNC goes down. Big night in basketball. It's been a fun weekend for sports. If you like college sports, if you just like them and you're a casual observer or a casual, casual watcher, this has been pretty fun. This has been a lot of neat stuff. Um, North Carolina looks like they may not have been worthy of the number one ranking. Probably it's going to be Texas that takes that spot, I would think. I don't know what you guys think, but I think Texas has earned it. Um, but, yeah, this uh, is a fun weekend, and um, it's not over yet. There's there's more upsets that can happen this weekend. So, Boilerman. Excellent point. No sleep. Word, man. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough to wind down. I, I'm, I, I haven't had a, a taste of bourbon today, uh, which is a bit sad. But maybe I should have done that before this, just to kind of calm down. But I thought I'd bring the full octane to you guys. Um, let's see. Anything else in here? Uh, Mr. Matt DSM says Dowd. We all know that friends don't let friends go to Bloomington. It's a good point, but uh, yeah, I think I might need to go. Um, I hear the seats have been cleaned off by rain. The, the goose poop is cleaned off, and it, it might be a good time to visit. I, I haven't been to Bloomington uh, for a game in a while. Last time I was there, Purdue won. Um, but the time before that, I saw a Purdue loss there, which is lousy. I've seen a couple there in my life, but um, the weather's going to be nice. It's, it's a tough one to turn down, so it's not far away. Um, anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you, listening to what you guys, I mean, I could read these comments. Everybody's jacked. This is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, ben Carnahan says the drinking game, of the handsome hour mentioned Nebraska drink. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, if we can get, hopefully we can get that emergency handsome hour. This is always a good test. I like to not tell Jay and Anish about something that's said in a quick cast or a post game just to see if they're listening. And Jay's pretty good about it, by the way. I don't know about Anish. I can't, I don't know. I think he's good about it. But this is a good one to listen to because um, I was a little bit less varnished, a little less polished, uh, more passionate. 
as you as you could see. So, um, John Younger says Houston will be number one. That's a good point. Houston's very good. I just man, um, that'd be pretty cool because that's a program that historically doesn't get that type of love. It's been what forty years since they've been up number one. I think it's forty years. So that'd be pretty cool. So, uh, Mr. Matt says thanks for the pod. Have a great night. You too. Have a great morning. And I will let that be the end of the 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 victorious uh, quick cast post-game wrap-up, whatever you want to call it. Have a great morning. Have a great evening. Go celebrate a little bit. Just like Matt Painter says, we're a deep team, us Purdue fans. Have a great night. Celebrate. And then go get ready for Duke. We'll see you. Hammer down.